The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co. established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Russell, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing, brother? Very good. How are you? Really, really good. I spoke with uh, your friend and colleague yesterday, uh, Dr. James Lyons Wheeler, and he was ecstatic that uh, the two of you have worked together. And uh, it was like, I felt like he was having a fanboy moment where he was working with one of his uh, his idols in the intellectual academic world. And uh, I just wanted to pass that on because it's it's beautiful to see somebody get so excited about another human being <laughs> and how how they think. I, I don't know why. <laughs> you know, James is really a brilliant person. But uh, yeah, we've been, we enjoyed working together. He's a, a very easy to work with, very smart. So we uh, had a good time doing this. Mm, I pinch myself sometimes because, and, and quite often I pinch myself that I get to spend an hour with some of the smartest people on the face of the planet at the moment. And uh, first, I want to say thank you for allowing me to to have this conversation. And um, yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see where where the next hour takes us. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So for anybody that uh, does not know about the work that you do and have done over the last few decades and longer in medicine, would you like to give us a recap of, of what you're qualified to talk about 
<laughs> what you love to talk about and and why you went into medicine in the first place. Well, it was kind of a, a, an area I've always been interested in. As a, even as a child, I was interested in medicine. And then in high school, I was interested, and that was a, one goal I had is to Going to medicine, my my real decision making was what what area in medicine. First, I was interested in cardiovascular surgery. I thought that would be something of, of great interest. But uh, then I I uh, entered the area of neuroscience, and I got interested in brain science. So I decided I want to do neurosurgery, and uh, that's what I did for the twenty four twenty five years was neurosurgical practice and. Uh, since I've retired, what I do is neuroscience research mainly, and uh, I write papers about various neuroscience projects. And vaccines came along uh, because of the autism, and there was a question of uh, the mechanism. Nobody could explain well, how could you possibly connect vaccination to autism, and that was our our opponent's uh, main uh, objection to what we were doing. And I found a, a lot of the people who were working in this area, they couldn't explain it uh, clearly. But to me, coming in at a different perspective, uh, it was quite clear. So I wrote up the mechanism and James saw it and, and he said, well, you know, we finally have a mechanism because this, this makes perfect sense. This explains why that would do uh, what it's doing to the brain and brain development. And so that's what I've been doing ever since is... Uh, Things along that line. Why the brain? What 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 it, what is it about the brain that? Um, hmm, is a good question. What did you think you knew about the brain? To what do you know about the brain now? Well, the brain is is probably one of the most complex things in the known universe. I mean, it's it it holds a lot of mysteries, and most will never be solved. I mean, it's the complexity of the brain is. Uh, beyond imagination. So it's, you'll, you'll never end your studies. You'll be studying forever. Um, and the immune system is quite complex. It's not near as complex as the brain, but it's, it's a very complex system. And we don't know a lot about it, uh, despite what the vaccinologists would have you think. Uh, there's a considerable amount we didn't know, and we're beginning to find out a lot of the things we thought about vaccination are not true, and, and that the dangers uh, exist out there that we weren't even aware of. Uh, but they just plot along and keep adding more and more vaccines uh, with uh, 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 abandon, ignoring uh, these new discoveries about, well, you know, you, you need to be careful uh, because overstimulation of the immune system can produce uh, malformations of brain formation and uh, brain function that can last a lifetime. And that's what we're discovering. And, particularly with this COVID thing, you know, we've, we've really uncovered uh, a tremendous amount of things we uh, did not know about immunity that we've, we've learned since then. Yeah, I find this fascinating that listening to you talk now about COVID, that it's actually been, there's a silver lining in this for not only medicine, but <laughs> for humanity, I believe, that and I want to get your take on when you first heard of COVID and then what you thought of it by doing the research. And then when they started talking about 
vaccines as being the only way out of this to where we are now. Take me through this journey over the last nearly three years for yourself as an academic, as a doctor, as somebody that studies the brain and had had that understanding of vaccine adverse reactions previous to COVID. So talk me through your COVID journey. Well, uh, to understand, you have to understand, I've, I've been engaged in a lot of these pandemic uh, discussions uh, all the way back to 1976, even the polio uh, uh, world uh, problem with polio. And, and so uh, as, as I began to study all this, I found uh, repeated errors, and there's a lot of, of uh, instilling unnecessary fear in the public. For instance, H1N1 in 1976, I saw through it early because I had studied the, the previous pandemics, epidemic, and I saw it being highly manipulated, and it was used to scare the public into taking a vaccine that was quite dangerous. Uh, but when they realized the danger, I think something like 50 people died or or 30 people, and when they did, they pulled the vaccine very quickly because they realized that that's unacceptable death rate. Then uh, in uh, 2004, we had a return of H1N1. Uh, this time we had the same panic call. Everybody was terrified it was gonna be the end of the world. We're gonna build the hospitals up. All the same thing we're hearing now, none of it occurred. And of course, I'd already studied what happened in the Southern hemisphere in your neck of the woods. And I realized, well, none of these predictions took place uh, either in Latin America and in, in South America or in Australia or anywhere below the equator. And you had already been through the whole season. So I, I knew that what they were saying was not true. And what they were hoping people were just listening to what was to come in the Northern Hemisphere as winter came in. And uh, so I, I saw through it. And, and I alarmed people that you know, I would not get vaccinated for this. And well, we go through another vaccination and, and more complications. We had uh, hundreds and hundreds of children ruined by narcolepsy. Uh, we had a, a number of cases of guillain barre paralysis. Thousands of people were harmed by the, this vaccine as well. Now, these are just routine vaccines. Well, then when this pandemic, and when we went through the, the Ebola thing, uh, and I, I had people when they first were talking about Ebola had come to the United States. What does this mean? Is this the end of the, the world? And I said, no, I would ignore it. It's going to go away. And everybody was shocked. In fact, I was on a national TV program and they expected me to join the fear mongering. And I said, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. Just forget about it. It's, it's no big deal for the United States or Europe. And that's exactly what happened. And so... Each time I was predicting uh, what was going to happen, and it turned out I was right. Well, it wasn't because I was a, a seer of some kind. Uh, it was because of, I'd studied this carefully, and I could just differentiate between uh, fear-mongering and, and truth. Well, then we started this COVID thing, and, and of course, it started out with visuals uh, on your TV. You look at uh, China, and you see these people falling on their face. And everybody was shocked. We'd never seen a virus. It would just make someone fall out on the street. They, they seem to be perfect and normal one minute, and the next minute they're unconscious and dying or whatever. 
Well, I was suspicious of that. I said, well, I don't know any reason why that would happen. And of course, when it went over the rest of the world, we didn't see that anywhere. Never happened again. And everybody forgot about it. But that was to scare people. And it, it, it concerned me when I first saw it. I said, well, you know, that if that's true, that's pretty scary. But it, it wasn't true. It was just a fear uh, tactic. Uh, and so then I, I, I followed this along carefully and I listened to a lot of people who know a great deal about uh, engineering of viruses. And the, uh, some of the uh, people that looked at the original uh, analysis of the uh, amino acid sequence of this virus says, uh, this is a bioweapon. This is not an actual virus. This did not come from bats or, or uh, an open market. This was created in a bioweapons lab. The evidence has continued to accumulate, and now it's you know, question that it was, it was uh, created and, re and released on the world uh, as, as a bioweapon. Uh, and then we go through the same thing. Well, a new vaccine was, was presented that we'd never seen before. Now, I, I knew about these kinds of vaccines because I had I looked at the research when they were researching DNA vaccines and RNA vaccines. So I knew a fair amount about them before the, they were, the public had ever heard of it. But what I knew is that the DNA vaccine did not work and the RNA vaccine was dangerous uh, for various reasons. So when they released it, uh, I'm always suspicious of pharmaceutical companies because they've been sued for billions of dollars for fraud, uh, for safety violations, severe safety violations. And, and even one case, they, they uh, had to admit uh, in the court that they responsible for the deaths of 100,000 people to, to as high as 500,000 people because they lied. And they knew they lied before the, the FDA. They lied before the public. They lied before everyone. And it was known before the medicine was, was released. So they were fined uh, billions of dollars. So I knew this, you, you can't trust the pharmaceutical companies. They, they're, they're a nefarious organization that's out for profit. Uh, so I was very suspicious of this RNA virus. I said, there's gonna be a problem here. Uh, I mean, this RNA uh, uh, development. And looking at how it's made, uh, what we all knew, those of us who knew how these things work, said, well, if you inject this messenger RNA with a nanolipid carrier, into the arm or anywhere else. Uh, the critical thing is, does it stay where you injected it or does it go all over the body? Because basically what it does is constantly producing the spike protein. Well, the spike protein in the virus is the toxic part of the virus. And you had to ask yourself, of all the things you could have used to generate and create this vaccine, why would you choose the most toxic part of the virus and have it being produced constantly in large concentrations throughout the body. Why wouldn't you use the nucleocapsid, which is the main body of the virus, which is how you make most vaccines. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, 
or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.